Hello and welcome to the coolest kids. I am one of your hosts, joined by your other host. Uh, I'm Terrence's friend Brock. Because <laughs> Terrence forgot to introduce himself. He just introduced himself. Did I say as the it? Host. I, I've done that before and I don't know why. I am a host. Call me am, the host. I am Thank the you. host. <laughs> you will know that I am the host. The, did you know that there was a, on the East Coast, like uh, back in the day, there was like an Elvira, or, and, sorry, uh, uh, the coast had Elvira and the Midwest had a guy called The Host. Uh, really? Did sort of the same thing. And he had like an assistant that was sort of an Igor, but instead of like being super creepy about stuff, they would often go like, they dressed goth, but then they would go like putt-putt golfing and stuff. <laughs> and then, then like, and here's the Black Lagoon. And it was just like... My, I, you can find it all on YouTube. My dad, for years, was like, you should write like a biopic about them. And I was like, I'll finally watch some of it. And I looked at it. I was like, I do not know what I'd write here, but I do know that there is a lot to be written. The, the, the host movie should exist. I don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this information, but somebody it's, should, someone it's somewhere. It's like when Grandma says, uh, you know, Facebook should hire you. I'm like, <laughs> right. You, you're right. They should, I suppose. But... How, why, and what do I do here as next steps? <laughs> uh, so joining both me, uh, one of your hosts, Terrence Wiggins, and your other host, my friend Brock Wilbur, is <clears throat> Josh Densmore. I'm also sick. It's been sick. And you are you are sitting next to Brock. Yeah, we're on I, we're on opposite couches, different sick couches. Well, yeah, I do like that. <laughs> I'm going to blame mine on allergies though. <laughs> I like that as soon as you toss to Josh, that's when the cough came. Like, yeah. yep, there it is. That's the moment. Too. <laughs> I w- I've been holding it back. Uh, so, Josh, tell tell me, tell Brock knows you. Tell me in the yeah. audience about you, about who you um, are, and what you I do. Am just a dude living in Kansas City. I've hell, this my life. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I bartend currently. I've done some other things. I've played in bands, and now I'm just trying to figure out what I'm going to do next. Just hanging out. Aren't we always? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That well, uh, Rock has played. I'm always interested in stories. Like when people are in, have been in bands or know stuff about like their local scene. Um, I'm always more interested to hear their stories than <laughs> talking about an album, I guess. Um, but we're going to be talking about uh, Jimmy World's Clarity, their second album, third album. Really, it was like the second one on Capitol. Like the second, okay. So I think they had something like early that was like punky, yeah. Yeah, I had a self titled in 1994. Um, but yeah, that was before anyone even cared. Uh, but uh, and it would be years after this until people would care, uh, which (laughs) is it was two years, um, yeah, (laughs) which which I mean, it's quite a long time, uh, back in the 90s when we weren't on the internet all the time and time wasn't constantly spinning. Uh, but Josh, you chose this album, so tell me about this album. Um, this is an album that I came upon. I was playing in this little punk band. We were like a face-to-face rip-off band, and we'd always like pick each other up and drive somewhere um, to whoever's house we were practicing at. And every week, we'd have a new CD that we'd found at either like the local record store, or Best Buy, or whatever. And uh, I remember driving south on I-35 across Missouri River, and it was, like, one of those first, like, spring days. It was, like, nice enough to have the windows down. And this album had come out, like, maybe a month or two in, uh, before. And anyways, we were driving, and I remember 
we had the windows down in my friend Travis's Jeep and Table for Glasses came on. And like in the first like 30 seconds, I was just like hooked. It was like I was so like into like kind of raw, angry music at the time. Mm -hmm. And then this was like just instantly like the dynamics like hit me in a way that I was like, whoa, this is really cool. Yeah. Uh, I I did not like this was not my first Jimmy World experience, much like everyone else. uh, I found Jimmy World on Bleed American or Jimmy World, depending on when you bought the album. Right. (laughs) Um. And uh, it was one of those things where, for years, I was just like, no, uh, Bleed American is the superior album. And then, like, listening to Bleed American as I get older, I'm just like, no, it really wasn't. It might be one of their worst albums. Um, the, the actual superior album is the uh, the Never Been Kissed soundtrack uh, <laughs> that uh, Lucky Denver Mint was on, because that's my first experience with them. Uh, and I really? that. Yes. <laughs> I think Lucky Never Meant was also the like intro song to some Jennifer Love Hewitt television show right after Party of Five. God, yes, it's it, it was definitely like two different like rom com teen things used it at the exact same time. Yeah, and everyone was like, "This is gonna <laughs> kick it off," and I was like, "Nope, not this song. This song, this song rocks, but it is not fitting into the genre of what it is trying to do." I remember, uh, speaking of teen dramas, I remember when, um, uh, one, one song, I might've been Bleed American, I don't remember, uh, uh, it showed up in Van Wilder during the, uh, there was actually two Jimmy World songs in Van Wilder, I remember, <laughs> and I thought, and I thought that was weird, because it did not seem like the kind of music that would be in Van Wilder. It's also, I think we we were raised um, in a time period that you're you're aware enough of like uh, rights usage for for songs that in a movie that's using a bunch of like different music that uh, it it is it is I remember being a teenager and being surprised when the same band was used twice in a movie, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, now uh, gross point blank uh, if you haven't rewatched lately. Uh, the soundtrack to that must be like seven CDs in length if the, you have all the music that they play on the radio stations and at the de- at the dance and stuff. And there's like four different Bowie tracks in that movie. I'm like, God, it would cost a billion dollars <laughs> to make that movie today. Yeah. Like just the four Bowie songs. I don't know how you get them all in there. It's... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so when I listen to this album today, I still like listen, re-listening to it. Cause I haven't listened to probably like five years. Uh, I still really like this album, but it also, I think it has the same problem that the last two albums that we did, which were Sunday real estates, uh, diary and, uh, uh, the get up kids, uh, something right home about is that it's very long and I don't think any of the songs are bad, but I do think having a 16 minute track at the end of your album is uh, <laughs> not something I ever want to listen to again. Uh, like I, I feel like, I feel like uh, once it hit 10, like not track 10, but the song 10, which is track eight, uh, that felt like a good, <laughs> that felt like a good stopping point. And the rest of the songs after it are, are fine songs. Like I, I enjoyed the songs, but it, it kind of felt like uh the return of the king movie where it has like four different endings and it and it just keeps going you're just like man this is this album <laughs> this album hasn't stopped yet <laughs> but what'd you uh what'd you guys think uh 
this has been a revisit, and I, in my head, uh, I don't know how I'd managed to do this. I, I mean, I, I do. Uh, Clarity had become an album for me about, like, obviously cleaning up and uh, rehab and things like that. And then I was going through today and, and rereading stuff, and I was like, oh, some of the guys in the band were too young to drink when this was written. So, <laughs> no, no one was, was finding that clarity uh, in that way. But, like, the songs very much do get into that like uh a sunday is such a good drug hangover song that it's it's unreal how how much it hurts uh and and how real it feels and i was just like oh but did you just like write this about a friend because like you did <laughs> you did a real good job at capturing that sunday morning i gotta get uh this shit together uh real fast uh kind of feeling uh, <laughs> but that's not there um it is it is just a flawless album. It is so fucking good, and yeah. and I feel like I we've we've done uh, futures on the show before uh, about a, exactly a year ago, actually, uh, with Zach, uh, and I feel like I never uh, do the entire discography of this band in a chunk. Uh, I just take things out, and and like we were starting with, like there there's a period like I can feel like Bleed American is is what this band is. And then I can think like, no, it's futures. And I always forget that clarity is here. And when I get back to it, like three or four songs in, I'm like, this is so goddamn good. Uh, the, the, uh, the Wikipedia, uh, for it uh, today, as I was reviewing, uh, they talked about how it was mostly ignored upon release and how even like pitchfork had derided it. But now like pitchfork, it like calls it like, you know, basically the Led Zeppelin four of emo. And it's just like, yeah, 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 yeah. Come on. Uh, you don't have to put that, the, the fucking weird terms on it like that. But yes, it it's it's right there. And it does everything like I had, I had thought about this in terms of the last couple of bands that you mentioned that we talked about, like Sunny Day and stuff. And it does everything that this wave of emo was supposed to do. And it does it all in such a pleasurable way. Right. Uh, but it still has such an edge on it. And I don't know how you manage to ride that mix of things throughout the entirety of a, of a long album. Like there isn't a song that drops off. There isn't a song that veers too hard in either direction. Even Sunday is the quieter song, but it still rocks and has like a really hard edge to the, the guitars. Like it's really great. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, it reminds me of, uh, of like a, um, uh, Motion City soundtrack who has the same sort of feeling of this like soft hardness like uh, uh, that's the only way I can I can describe it that's that's um, your brand Terrence the soft hardness <laughs> well, I was talking about the, the, the just the dynamics of it like that song table for glasses um, just so slow and then it goes into this like weird kind of edgy like rocky thing and then tapers back right. off and it's even like that too and that the last song goodbye sky harbor where it just starts off and it's like really like kind of crunchy grungy like da -da 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 -da. and then it just goes on to this like weird electronic thing at the very end it's right just like a, it was such a strange thing to like have happen to you when you're 17 years old to like go through this album for the first time i was just like I don't understand what I'm listening to, but I love it. <laughs> and it like speaks to me for some reason. I, I don't understand where it's coming from, but it was just like right. lyrically too. I, I think there was a lot, just that time in my life um, that hit home. Uh, especially like uh, for me, this is heaven. Like the whole thing about mm -hmm. cycles kind of and how mm -hmm. big hands go around again. Like I just got out of like my first like long term relationship, which I think was like six, seven months. But yeah, it was just, 
one of those things that kind of put things in perspective for me when I was like a kid trying to figure out what the hell I was doing. So I don't know. It's it's always gonna have a special place in my. I mean, it's a really good album, so it's a good. Yeah, it's 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 great. Yeah, I was just really glad that I got to hear it like right, pretty much as it came out. Like it's one of those just random happenstance type of things. Right. (laughs) Yeah, it's. uh, I kind of wish this took off more than um, than like some of the later emo came, like Taking Back Sunday or Brand. Like that. Like nothing about this. I mean. I love like I love those bands, but nothing about this album feels like self-loathing. Um, yeah, you know what? Like it's not. It doesn't feel like down on itself. It it like it feels reflective in a way that not a lot of bands uh, went through, especially for a second album. Um, yeah, by a bunch of like twenty twenty one year olds, right? And and not even self-loathing. Uh, but also not like judgmental at anyone else either. Right. Like there is no like fuck you bitch like song on here. (laughs) Right. Um, I was measuring this song up against or measuring this album up against bleed American since that's the one I listen to constantly. Uh, And I was thinking, I was like, how did this song, this album, this whole album has a more coherent sound. Like if you were just like, Hey, what does Jimmy world sound like? You're just like, just tell me to listen to clarity. And like, you'll, you'll find most of it. Bleed American is this, this weird outlier of an album for the rest of their discography. And it almost is like a, like bleed American is like a Weezer album almost where it's just like (laughs) this disjointed, a bunch of different songs and then you have songs like um uh hear you no what song is it the authority song which is basically like their buddy holly um and and it's real it's really weird that the album before their most popular album is the better one <laughs> Like, yeah. n- n- not just better, like, lyrically and all that, but, like, more coherent and, like, more cohesive. And, like, everything comes together, and it yeah. doesn't sound like a album full of singles. No, yeah. Uh, I remember when I got really American. I didn't even know the middle was on that album until I was in my dorm room, and I saw it on MTV, and I was like, this is Jimmy World. And I realized it was a song that I just kept skipping, like, over and over. <laughs> like, because I just, like, that, every time that it came in with that intro, I was like, no, I don't like this. And then, like, you know, that's the album, or the, the song that my Right. Good for them. And, like, and in terms of money, it is important to, like, bring up the thing about Jimmy World again here, that, like, uh, this album starts their sort of pattern of, like, they record an album, the record label drops them, they go out and get money together, they self-record their own next album, and then a different label picks them up, and then they get dropped again. And I remember somebody explaining, like, Capitol Records dropped to me, where they were like, yeah, they've got to pr- promote, like, a new Jimmy e- World album, and they also have J-Lo, uh, and J-Lo's marketing budget is $225 million, and Jimmy World is, like, $5 million. But they'd see a greater return on investment sinking another $5 million into that $250 million pool than they do from trying to break a new band. Uh, and so it just never works out financially to make sense in that way. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I'm young, and that's going to yeah. ruin me for a long time. <laughs> uh, Jimmy World is the opposite of Weezer. 
I'm looking. I'm looking at like uh, the like. There's a couple Weezer references in like their Wikipedia page, and like there's even an article where it's like Jimmy Eat World uh, reflects on 20 years of uh, of Weezer or something like that, and like Weezer had these had these first two albums that exploded, and. They like I know I know I've referenced Weezer for the past like three episodes or whatever, but I'm beginning to realize as I get older that Weezer's not good. Like not regard like regardless of their first two albums, which I enjoyed as a teenager, I don't think those albums hold up in a current context and uh, musically as just kind of all over the place. Um, but yeah, go ahead. Right. Probably. Yeah. I, just, I don't understand what's going on But like how Jason. how we remember the blue album, which is different than how the blue album actually was. Like right. the, the way the human brain would recreate it now is like, oh yeah, it definitely had a gigantic sound. No. no <laughs> like, yeah, no, it's it's was like there, dudes there, in a garage. Eight oh eights doubling the bass, the kick drum. Like I don't, yeah, I don't remember it that way, but it could have been. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a very um, like nothing. I mean, nothing else sounded like that at the time. So of course, like people who are like weird nerds in the in the mid nineties flocked all over <laughs> yeah. it. And but then but the it was thing that, the thing was, that nothing souned like was Pinkerton, which right. it, nothing sounded like that because it's out of control bad <laughs> it's just right yeah like as, like as this it's mixed as a thing it's it i mean it, not bad but it, it sounds like in utero it's something that they were just like let's just turn every mic up and see what happens <laughs> right yeah while while jimmy world like they had well, I, I wouldn't call bleed american a bad album i th- i think it's very like i said disjointed and everything but it's it's their most commercial it's probably their most commercially successful one but also, I can't imagine what it would be like to be dropped by Capitol Records and be like, I want to hate fuck them with success. That's what I want to do with this next one. I'm going to do, we'll do some songs that are us, and we'll do some songs that like are are mixed to be on FM radio like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly. Um, I did. I stopped liking Jimmy Eat World for a little while because I worked at a radio station and you wouldn't believe how much Jimmy at world played. Uh, like it was, it was so much Jimmy at world. And I was just like, man, if I could never hear, uh, the middle or hear you me or, uh, pain, it was just like these songs that just played over and over again. And it's, it's weird because there's better songs. So when you hear this and then you hear the album, you're just like, Oh, that's, there's more stuff here. And what, 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 uh, record label was just like no we're gonna use these songs yeah my god how many extra friends did that friend pick up so quickly? <laughs> oh my god. 
No. It's uh, I was I was listening. The album I was listening to was the album, the version that I've had for years. But on Google Music, they had like the expanded version uh, that had. I didn't listen to it because I was already sixty-four minutes through an album and uh, <laughs> wanted to do something else. Uh, you're talking to somebody who has a. You're it's talking to somebody that has a chess piece from this album. So yeah, take way, it, take it, a, take it down one notch on the dislike <laughs> of, of the link here. I just like I don't. If if I was if I was like eighteen again, I would totally be about this sixty four minute album. But it is too long for me. Back then personally. we had more time. Now we're well, so close to death. Well, it's well. I was gonna say there's like uh, there's things to do now. Like there's there's a lot more stuff. Like it was it was harder to find music. Or anything back then, like now, like you can find anything that you want online. Like back then, the online was AOL. <laughs> like anything that you wanted, you had to really search for, or it was just fed up to you on AOL's front page. I didn't even have that. Like for me, it's, I would just go to the record store, or I'd go to some show and see bands and flyers, and then I'd like go and find them and like listen to them. Like I. and that was fun yeah that i mean that sounds cooler than uh, me finding like i got <laughs> well i was gonna say the the music that i heard like through uh from like age 13 to up into high school uh was anything that my brother listened to my brother had way better um musical taste than any of my friends did so <laughs> like uh oh, I have that's friends tricky because were... then you can't share it with them they're like i don't get this <laughs> yeah yeah so like a lot of a lot of my musical taste just never uh like i just never shared it with my friends because they're like a lot of them liked new metal yeah, uh, we all we all got real sad for you here. Yeah, I'm sure they've all grown out of that by now, right? I don't talk uh. to them. Uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll see the best. Uh, yeah, I don't know, like uh, like it's it was uh finding music like this. Like my brother had um like I remember hearing. Uh, the Juliana Theory and Midtown coming out of his room and Jimmy Eat World and stuff like that. And uh, that's how I got into it, just like copying his CDs onto my computer. Um, but it was such a different feeling from the music that my friends were listening to. Like it, it, it didn't, it didn't like it was, it wasn't aggro. It wasn't dude aggroness for the sake of being aggro. <laughs> right, right yeah instead of just like flashing right i thought about why i'm angry today yeah <laughs> i don't know has anybody ever used this term like emo is that what I... oh no uh, we coined a term <laughs> oh no <laughs> josh what are some of your experiences in, in in being in a band and uh doing touring and such um 
a lot of you're a you're a drummer. Oh, yeah, I play drums. Uh, a lot of just being stuck in small bands and driving lots. It's pretty much like best friends. It's like a long road trip. Is what it was always like for me. Like you just go and you get to at the end of the day like do something you loved. Uh huh. Um, but for the most part, it was just hanging out like wasting time like seeing america but not having enough time to enjoy any parts of it like because it was all like in the days of that i think it was like book your own fucking life.com or whatever like that's when we did it we did it all yeah like myspace era was made yeah yeah where like, you could... there was like an actual website where it had like all these contacts and like you just like trade shows with other bands and do this stuff it was also when gas prices were affordable. And that's what <laughs> so, it killed, I mean, it killed that a lot of tours in the middle of the tour. We were on, in like, uh, we were in Maine and uh, we just realized like we had a month of touring left and we just couldn't do it. So we had enough money to get home to Kansas. Yeah. Uh, and it's just like, right, right, right. So I'm going to let a month of people know, like, we're just not going to come do these shows we exchanged. And maybe like, that's the end of music for me for a while. But yeah, up until that yeah, point, it's like, it just jumped a dollar a gallon out of nowhere. And you're, yeah, it was it was interesting. I had a very similar experience. We were like in Cleveland, and we were supposed to be heading up to Canada. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know how. Like it was like me and our bass player. We were the ones that like booked everything, and we kind of talked to each other about it, but we didn't exactly. So sometimes we were driving way more than we should have been. But anything just to be able to get a show and hopefully <laughs> sell some CDs and some T-shirts, and hopefully that you have the t-shirts and the sizes that people want right so that you can eat or <laughs> <laughs> make it to the next town without having to call your parents or something because like, we were all like super young at the time but yeah it was it was fun it was something that i always wanted to do like growing up it was like kind of that idea my girlfriend at the time thought it was going to be all like uh, behind the music yeah no there's, <laughs> it was definitely not we're, like, we're not successful yeah. no one we don't have the money for that yeah. <laughs> It's like, I remember, like, sleeping in our van, like, and there was three of us, and we laid the, the, the bed back, it was just like a conversion van. Right. We laid it back, and there's three sweaty dudes, like, all in our, like, boxer shorts at the time. It was, like, 110 degrees in Cleveland. There's no one, there's no space for anyone to get their dick wet, is the No, is the no, 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 yeah, oh. Just gross and honey don't worry about us at at worst this is homoerotic yeah. <laughs> like it, it was like very like locker room like middle school locker room smells <laughs> it, uh so, uh so uh my best friend jeb who i do another podcast with called whatever we call it he has told the story on the show about him uh he played he's played in bands he's like toured in japan and stuff uh but he he said uh they had they had been, they were all sleeping in a car, practically naked because it was so hot. And uh, they were like stopped on the side of the road. And like the police had to like, was like peering in their window, like flashing flashlights. And it's just like four, four naked dudes just like piled up in a, uh, in a SUV. And they could like, how do you explain that to somebody? Yeah, it's really weird. Like, I also like filled in on drums for a friend's band when their drummer was having his first child and uh, it was a winter tour <laughs> but we were going to the south so we we're like this is gonna be cool we're fine like nobody needs like any sort of warm gear the first night we played in tulsa we stayed in a wendy's parking lot and like literally there was like five dudes like huddled together like very very awkward like just 
cold as like nobody had blankets like we were so dumb like we were like why didn't we bring sleeping bags or anything warm like, the smell of son of baconator like, wafting yeah, just, over our yeah. naked bodies you know, there's like this idea that you're just gonna like find some cool person's house and crash at it and then just it happens like one out of every 10 days like right there was there was many uh myspace and facebook posts i saw of just like hey my friends are coming into town to play a show yeah. do you know anyone uh, that oh, they yeah. could crash with that was like kind of one of the last things that you'd say like the night, but by the way we don't have a place to stay <laughs> <laughs> the, the better version of it was like i had a, a friend uh some friends that were in a punk band who they really wanted to be crass and they really wanted everyone to think that they were crass but also they were all the sons of doctors uh so like when they went out on tour it was that's a, a that's punks. actually a good band name sons, sons of, doctors. of doctors yeah they were all sons of doctors. Uh, so <laughs> or the, they, they or like the last of... line in a Michael Crichton novel. <laughs> My God. Uh, yeah. So they do a lot of posting on like MySpace and stuff. Like we crashed like on a, on the floor of a basement and we slept on a, a blanket of bugs last night. And then like they'd like send pictures to me of like the cool hotel they stayed in the night before. <laughs> and it was always like a really sleek hotel where every single one of them had a bed like wow. they were like a five piece and like no one no one slept on the floor they just get like two adjoining rooms and a cot poor, so it was like okay poor people really... tourism <laughs> yeah yeah that's <laughs> I, lo- I love performative punk that's my favorite <laughs> uh, genre uh, uh, Josh what uh, what were what were some of the names of the bands you were in oh god can I just not talk about <laughs> You don't have to like, do that. No, no, no. You don't I, have to. <laughs> everyone gets a pass on their past on this on this um, show. <laughs> I my first bands I, I don't know why my voice keeps cracking. Because you're because you're sick. sick. All three of us yeah, are sick and coughing constantly. One, yeah. <laughs> no, um, I just choked on water. I'm not. I'm not. Sick. <laughs> that was. That's why I coughed. Um, I was in a few like just random ska bands when I was young. That's how I actually started off. But then uh, the face-to-face ripoff band I was in, where I like came about the Jimmy World thing, was called The Excuses. Mm-hmm. And it was like, honestly, looking back, like it was a very short period, and then they went on to like form this hardcore band that did pretty well, um, or a couple of the guys did. But I really loved that band. It was like very what I needed at that time. And then from mm-hmm. that band, I met some people, and I was in a band called Seven Mile Drive from uh, St. Joe, and one of those dudes went on and played in Blackpool Lights with the, uh, with Jim from Together Kids. That's um, cool. Yeah, and then I kind of took some time off and then went to college and randomly met this dude and we started a band and it was called Arlington and they were we were Screamo and that's the band that I didn't want to mention the name. Luckily, <laughs> I, don't, I believe I've taken down everything on the internet that you can find. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, it's the good then, part about being the guy that put everything up. You can take everything down at some point. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. Like I, I, I don't think it's on there. Fingers crossed. Um, <laughs> but it was just like basic. Everybody wants to be taking back Sunday and Thursday at the time type mm. of music. Right. So there's there's a lot of lifting of this and that and like putting it together in different ways. Huh. Or at least that's what it felt like. Like I was like I didn't feel like we were doing anything original. But it was fun. That was the band that I toured with the most and I it was the one I had the most fun with. Like we went out and like did all the stuff and 
met all the people and there's still like a lot of people that I keep in contact with through the country. I've met a lot of really good friends that way. Was, uh, was That's fun. super cool. It is, it is a very nice version of, of touring and, and, and the time period that we got to come up in, especially with that sort of like internet and booking tours that like, uh, we have both gotten to experience the tour lifestyle and then you know that you never have to go back. Like you can at yeah. any point if you want to, but like at any point in your life, you can look back and be like, I did that. I know what it's like. I know the, the pros <laughs> and the cons of it. And, uh, and in my memory, the cons vastly outweighed most of it, but like it was, uh, it was still fun and we did it. Uh, and I, and I like having had that. <laughs> well, and I think too, at the, that time, because I'm, I think that you and I were around the same time, like doing all that stuff. The internet was just really starting to like change the way the bands did stuff. Right. It wasn't like that before. Like, and then getting in on that, and now, like, I feel like you don't have to do that. No. There's so many ways to get doing a live show is pointless at this point. Why would you do? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and like, and that's where it was still like you had to like get out there and do that, this and that. But now there's so many like bands and just artists out there that just get internet famous and that's what they do so josh what's your soundcloud i don't have a sound where, where do you where do you soundcloud rap i'm in the early stages of demoing uh, what's your what's your soundcloud rapper name what drug are you named after so I baby always, nyquil i was a history major and i had wanted to go to law school uh so and my initials are JDD. So I wanted to be DJ JDD JD. <laughs> I got my law degree. I, I spent it's way too much time. a great t- joke to spend 10 years getting a law degree over. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I didn't even want to practice law. I just wanted to have that. <laughs> I, wanted, I never went to college, but I always wanted to get my doctorate just so I could be called doctor. That's literally the only reason. Like I didn't, I didn't want to do anything big or important. Just wanted to be called doctor. My my grandfather got his during the war. He got his doctorate uh, because they were fast tracking people to become doctors for the war. And then he later went back and and got his uh, grad school stuff. And then he went back and went to college. So he did it all in reverse. He was a doctor first. And I was always just like, "You were already doctor. What'd you need the rest for?" He's like, "Well, I didn't know any of it." I was like. Yeah, yeah, but you were already doctor. They had to call you doctor. Anyone, anyone had to call you doc. Like it's fine, right? Yeah. Also, back then you could go to college for like a dollar a year. Yeah. So, <laughs> Brock, yes. Tell me about your uh, band experiences. Oh, uh, I. The, the one that we ran out of money on also that same night, uh, we had a trailer that we pulled behind my Jeep. Uh, it was a very large trailer, and the uh, the brake lights on it went out. There was some sort of electrical outage thing, uh, and it turned out that it was going to cost more than the cost of the trailer to repair those lights, oh, and it would take Lord. a week. So when we did our like two-day drive back across the entire country because we'd ran out of money— we didn't have brake lights on any of it. So it was just like, we're going to, we went through some, some areas. It was like, we're, somebody's going to crash into us, A, and B, we're going to get a thousand tickets. And rightfully so. Uh, we have $10,000 of, of music equipment trailing behind us in a giant trailer that we cannot see around. Uh, and uh, no one knows when it's going to stop. Uh, so that's fun. The Dark Souls of touring. At least you had brakes, though, right? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> because we. 
We were like on the way back driving through Chicago, like in the middle of like rush hour, and our brakes started going out. So that was a pretty terrifying time. But at least you had the ability to stop if you wanted to. We had to like start braking about. Let us agree that the best Jimmy World album would be called "The Ability to Stop." <laughs> that's that's their final greatest hits release. <laughs> Y'all, y'all are from like the middle of the country, so you actually had to do actual like a lot of touring to do anything, <laughs> because I live in Virginia, and like there's like uh, between like a five hour like there's places here, but then there's also like uh, like a five hour radius of like there's DC, and then there's places like uh like Asheville down in North Carolina or like Charlotte, but like there's there's places that you can go to like especially DC. Um, like yeah, you, we're you what can... eight hours from Omaha, and like it's, it's <laughs> there's there's some it's not as bad. Like I spend a lot of time too, like just weekends, like take three or four day like weekends, and we just like run a string of things together. Mm-hmm. It's like three hours apart. Like you know, drive to St. Well, that's Louis, good. That's good at least. Chicago, like drive back to Des Moines, over to Omaha, and then back to Kansas City, like or up to Minneapolis. Like there's Kansas City is pretty disconnected but you're still within an eight hour drive pretty much a lot of yeah it's not like it's not like ohio or indiana but it's definitely not east coast like you three hours and you're like halfway down the coast right uh, well in the comedy world these uh in the comedy world those three to four day weekend things that you can loop through a couple of cities they're called uh triple runs uh which i didn't know until like like my fifth year of comedy i was like why and they're like it's just what it's called it's like okay (laughs) it doesn't have anything to do with like the star trek thing it's just called a triple run uh so yeah i i I don't i I don't know why that's only in comedy and not in rock and roll yeah everyone's everyone's looking it up but uh the the weirdest thing about uh a lot of bands don't come (laughs) here like to the beach area anymore like uh, we get like the same giant bands that tour wherever, like the same rock bands that I never want to listen to. Um, but we have smaller venues, uh, but they go to like Northern Virginia, which is Richmond, which isn't far from DC. So there's, there's stuff out there, but then there's like, uh, there was a time where a lot of bands were going to, I can't even remember the name of it because there's a lot of small towns in Virginia. Um, and they would always go there, but they'd never come here. I'm just like, that's three hours away, and you're also passing through here to get down to North Carolina. Like, why is nobody coming here? And I still do not understand why nobody comes here. I, I did play in West Virginia once. Um, where's the college at? It was, like, near there. The college in um, China. I don't remember where in West Virginia the college is. Because West Virginia is so... so there's, like... There's... Near me, I live. I live close to the beach. Like I'm 20 minutes from the beach, and there is three colleges within like an hour of me. In the Virginia Beach area, yeah, like Virginia Beach. Well, Hampton Hampton Roads is like our seven cities area, where it's just like these. This is Virginia. Um, Wait, before are you in Virginia or West Virginia, I'm in Virginia. Oh, okay. I, uh, I played in West Virginia. Uh, There's the difference. Yeah. Right, yes, I, was I also did yeah, play in Virginia. I I played in Norfolk. Oh, that's where I live. Yeah, 
<laughs> um, like there was some place. All I remember is that there were a lot of dumpsters outside, and it was really smelly. <laughs> I'm trying that to think. Narrows of... it down. Well, yeah, I'm I'm like, literally because every cause... like little punk rock club that's ever existed, I think. But yeah, it wasn't was even say, a venue. Was a... It was just a that bunch of a... dumpsters. <laughs> it could have been honestly. Because like... there hasn't been many uh, places in Norfolk. Like we have also 14 years ago, right? Well, I'm trying to think there still hasn't been that many places in Norfolk, really. Uh, there's like, we have like the North, we have the Norva, um, which literally stands for Norfolk, Virginia. Um, because fucking lazy. Yes. Um, but there's just like these kind of small areas that pop up in downtown Norfolk, which is probably where you played. Um, because, I couldn't even tell you what it was. Like you could tell yeah, me the no, that's space not... and day that I was there. And I'd be like, Maybe just <laughs> because I have no recollection of actually anything. I just know that I was there. That's it. Yeah, no, that's not, that sounds about right. Like it's a uh, um, they are they've been trying to build up the area, but it still looks kind of like everything's kind of shitty and cramped, but not in a way like where it's like a new york or something it's just like there's there's like one or two roads they put everything on and then that's it like like if you're there's neighborhoods and then there's one road and it has all the restaurants and then there's also the the thing like the music venue and hairdressers and grocery and it's all on one road and the road is <laughs> one lane on each side and you're just like who why did you make it like this <laughs> Oh, most, most like, definitely. Like, there's somebody that's like, this is the best idea, and they're like, here's two million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, man. So, uh, would you guys, since we, since we've veered so far off talk a bit, to- topic, yeah, by topic, the way, <laughs> both of us can't talk. Uh, yeah, clarity. Yeah, uh, Oh, let's discuss the fact that, like, there's very few times in the history of rock and roll music uh, that a band had one lead singer, and then they just shifted to another lead singer, and everyone in the band was chill with it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, he he gets, like, one or two songs on this album, and then nothing again, really, until, like, Futures, uh, and was just like, you know what? I think I am the background guy. (laughs) (laughs) I kept hearing another voice. I was like, who? I was like, who was that? <laughs> like, who was this guy? Um, but uh, yeah, Brock, would you recommend this album? Oh, yeah. The, yeah, this is a hard recommend. Absolutely come back and listen to us. I think it gets better with age, which yes, not a lot from this era can do. So Right. Uh, Josh, you obviously would. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you, you, you with the tattoo would also. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. I mean, uh, I would. Yeah. Yeah, I would. I would also recommend it. Uh, it's a good album. Like, I, like uh, my only complaint is that it is long, but I mean, it's an album, so whatever. Uh, like, if you're on a long drive, put this album on. You're not gonna have yeah. a bad time. I like that a long drive for you is 64 minutes. Uh, it's, I hate. I hate driving so much. I. So speaking of driving, that used to also be another reason that, like, when I would be like upset or just like stressed out like the 435 loop here in Kansas City I would put that on I lived right by 435 at the time and it was pretty much an exact 
I could listen to the whole album and just drive around the city at night. That was like <laughs> nighttime. That's another thing I would say about this album is like I can't listen to it during the day. It mm-hmm. has to be like dusk to night. Like it's just too like like I've tried to listen to it during the day and it just doesn't. It's a, it's a good dusk it's, album. It's, it's a good it's rainy a dusk, day album. Dusk, yeah. yeah. Right now, like I want to go put it on because it's like misty and cloudy. <laughs> Uh, uh, Josh, do you have a internet presence that you would like to, uh, uh, make aware? Uh, if not, a better, better. It's, it's all <laughs> at Josh Dinsmore. At okay. Mainly. Yeah. Like pretty much, I have the same thing. Instagram Good. Instagram is pretty much what I mainly use now. I, I was going to be jealous if you didn't like have a internet presence. Cause I was just He's like, free. Man. He's free. Yeah, of like, you're, you're free. Uh, you're free. Leave. Cutting down. <laughs> Uh, man, man, Brock have to make stuff on the internet, and we're worse for it. Uh, Brock, where are you on the internet? Hi, I'd like to promote some things right now. Brock Wilbur at Brock Wilbur, ah, wherever Brock Wilbur. Ah, my name is my name is Brock uh, Wilbur. You can find me at brockwilbur dot com. <laughs> it it gets a little more monstrous each level down. Uh, uh, Wolfman Jack. That's. <laughs> Yeah, I, I guess that's all it was. Yeah, never mind. Uh, yeah, uh, Missouri Loves Company, uh, Carrying Into the Void, uh, Less Than Silent Hills, all some fun podcasts you can check out. Uh, hire Terrence to edit your things. Uh, I'll I'm do on BrockWilber.com and, and Twitter at BrockWilber and uh, doing the writings and stuff uh, more or less these days. Uh, yeah, we'll figure that out. Uh, Terrence, where can people find you? You can find me at the Black Nerd pretty much everywhere except for Instagram, um, which is Godspeed, you Black Nerd. But I've been streaming on Twitch, and you can find me from my other podcast, whatever we call it, every Wednesday. Watch I've, Terrence plow through the history of uh, Kingdom Hearts and uh, and learn 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 your Kingdom Hearts. I have so many. What? <laughs> What's been making me angry recently is that there's, like, I have friends who are just like, I'm trying to get caught up before the third one, so I'm, like, watching videos and all this other stuff. And the people, people who are, like, fans of things but don't know how to properly, like, convey information to other people. Like, it happens a lot in nerd culture where it's just, like, info dump but no, like, don't know how to break it up. They don't know how to, like, properly get the information to somebody so it's like i don't understand why this works i'm just like it's not hard to explain it you are just making it harder for people who don't know anything about it so whatever whatever it's often easy to be your friend is what i would say <laughs> i'd like to what is kingdom hearts oh buddy oh, no 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 this has been our podcast <laughs> we'll talk we, we can talk about it at another time <laughs> oh that hey we just uh oh i was gonna say we hit the 64 minute mark but now we hit the 46 minute mark this podcast was uh less long than the album so that's that's a good spot <laughs> uh so, so uh, if if you enjoyed this please rate us on itunes uh ratings help with visibility share it with people that you know who would also i mean anyone uh, who was like between 13 and 21 in 2003 would probably enjoy this podcast and the music that we talk about so please share them with your with your peers um and josh thank you for joining us on a sunday morning to talk about darkness i hope hope both of you feel better oh my god 
<laughs> yeah. Just come back full circle now. <laughs> we'll try to feel better, and you try to choke on less water, buddy. I'm going to try. Uh, this polar cucumber melon seltzer water is trying to kill me. Um, <laughs> but as we say at the end of every episode, we are the coolest kids, and we take what we can get. Bye. Thank you. Bye.